You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Why, hello, ladies and gentlemen. On today's show, very special Thanksgiving pod, I am being joined by one of the great ones, one of the iconic ones, a thunderous, a man with thunderous intentions and also royal blood. It is my good buddy at Ryland underscore styles. I know not not his head right now. One of my best intros I've ever done, I must say. Sir, how are you doing? Doing great. That was an amazing intro. I felt like I was about to uh, come out in, in Monday Night Raw WWE style with that great intro, but I'm doing good. Javi, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, for today's show, we're going to be talking about some very special things because it is a special holiday. But firstly, I want to say, everybody, thank you for making Lockdown Padres and Lockdown Royals your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, special lockdown crossover event over here. And look, I'm going to be honest with you, Ryland. I saw this morning, we're recording this on a Tuesday, and I saw this morning, Bryce Patrick of Lockdown Rainer. He's out here boasting that he got a whole a whole quadrilogy of people on his podcast for some, for some episode. But I only need one person. It's Ryland Styles. That's all I need today. We're going to be talking about the things that we're most thankful for uh, with baseball. And then things that we're just thankful for in general, and then just whatever. Because you and I often, when we record, we just say things. We just do things. They turn into art, my friend. I don't know if anybody, long-time listeners, remember when we did last year, we did a Thanksgiving draft where I was slandered publicly by this. I absolutely slandered. Really just off the cuff, like it was was the most I've ever been slandered on a podcast ever. And I honestly think it wasn't really well-deserved. But this time, there will be no slander. No, it was well-deserved. Do not not slay the jurors. It was well deserved. <laughs> it was well deserved. You Look, picked so what? I took the squash. acorn squash. So acorn what? If squash, I took the acorn works. squash. Did I run out of ideas and then quickly have to Google Thanksgiving foods and then be reminded of what the heck is even out there? Maybe. I'm not confirming that, but maybe that was something that happened. Uh, but we're not talking about draft today. We're talking about things we're thankful for, dude. So you're the guest. Let's just let's just dive right into it. First of all, how was the baseball season? for you before we get into our individual picks for the things we're most thankful for in baseball how was it for you because this year i've been asking a lot of people that because you know 2020 was this shortened season and then kind of adjusting back to the long 162 game season what was that kind of like for you did you enjoy it did you not enjoy it how were those kansas city royals doing it was painful uh, because the royals were the best team in baseball for a month (laughs) And had we been playing 60 games, they would have been a playoff team probably. I mean, uh, they were the best team in baseball for an entire month, and then they sucked after that. So it was not very fun. Uh, but still, some hope. I'm doing it once again, Javi. I'm, I have optimism for the next mm-hmm. season. I'm once again ready to get my heart broken by these Kansas City Royals. But it was very painful uh, watching the mighty collapse from Kansas City, from the best team in baseball uh, to one of the worst. Yeah, I mean, look, it's – I mean, your team was very fun, I have to admit, for that first month. I remember you were freaking out about Mr. Benintende. Uh, you were trying to trade for him from me in fantasy baseball for the longest time. Uh, and I said yes for Ramon Laureano, who then ended up getting suspended for PED usage. So you won in the end, sure. my friend. You I didn't want to give you I end. didn't want to give you that trade. But. <laughs> 
that was the whole thing that happened. But really, I mean, I I was kind of in a similar boat. My team had an epic collapse, and my team had like World Series aspirations. So don't get me wrong, it wasn't easy for me either. I think in general, though, this baseball season was it kind of reminded me in general that man, unless you're a fan of one of the like seven good teams. Baseball can be really miserable, man. Like, you're just watching. Like, like, if you're a Royals fan, if you're Rangers, if you're Rocky, oh, my God, the poor Rockies. Shout out Paul Holden over at Locked on Rockies. Go listen to that podcast. He does a great job. I mean, the Rockies, man. The Rockies are like, you know what? I, I mean, this is kind of a preemptive, like, uh, one of what I'm thankful for. I'm just thankful I'm not a, a Colorado Rockies fan. I just have to say, I'm so thankful. My team isn't out here not trading guys for assets and then not even giving out the qualifying offer for John Gray. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I don't even know what you're doing. So why didn't you trade him? Why don't you trade Trevor story when you had the chance for a top 50 prospect, you probably could have gotten that. I don't really know what they're doing over there. It's kind of bad that they just have barely any, even the, the bare minimum of analytics in the department. The fact that all of their pitchers mysteriously just vanish off the face of the earth and don't even debut and they retire really bad things going on over there. For Colorado, but um, yeah, dude. I mean, the Royals. I'm going. We're going to be talking about them a little bit. I have some things I'm thankful for that have to do with the Royals. Um, so, do you want to just get into it? Let's do it. All right, man. You you, you love doing that. You love doing the little pause and the yeah, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. He's so calm and collected. You know that Riley Styles is so calm and just he's he's a Zen master. Dare I say? When it comes to the podcasting world. But, dude, what is uh, the first thing that you're thankful for when it comes to baseball? The Zen master until I start doing the uh, Mad Dog Russo impression. Then I'm kind of all over the place. Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) I'm most thankful this baseball season uh, for Salvador Perez. I mean, MVP caliber hitter. It's a joy watching him play. You mentioned it there. When your team's not in the hunt and not vying for a playoff spot, which is why I think that the playoff expansion this this offseason – uh, will, be, will be great for baseball. It is tough to watch teams that are, have no real consequence to the season. You also weren't bad enough for like a top one, two, three pick. You weren't good enough for the postseason. You're just kind of there. And you weren't really good enough to even be in a playoff hunt the way the Padres were at least in the hunt uh, the entire season for the wild card spot until like the last week of the year. Uh, Soto Perez was a light, a beaconing light to go break the home run record and to go do all the things he did with winning the MVP award and carrying over that 60 game sample size. I think that a lot of people still had reserves. Is this, is this Salvador Perez going to, going to be an elite hitter the way he was in 60 games? Can he do that for a full season? And he did. And so now it presents an interesting future for Kansas city. Whenever they're one of their best prospects is MJ Melinda as a catcher. How does Salvador Perez and Melendez coexist? Does that make Perez more of a viable DH option now that he's found this elite hitting stroke? Uh, so I'm thankful for Perez because having MVP caliber guys on your team when you're not very good is very important. Yeah, I mean, with Salvi, it was also just a really – it was a fun season. He had a lot of big hits, obviously, with the home run power and whatnot. And I don't think it was something that was exactly expected. Now, I do think that, just to be mean for a second, I do think it got a little bit over the top with the Hall of Fame talk. It happened for like two weeks. It wasn't long. There was just that random period where everyone was like, Salvador Perez, like, Hall of Famer. And then you look at it, it's like, I mean, he's a good player. Look, I have beef with this. Your league, the other one that you cover, the NBA, anybody who's had, like, a slightly pretty good career, who's made the all-star team, like, Hall of Fame, immediately. It's like, all right, guys, like, I I think you're allowed to just be a really good player, not make the Hall of Fame. 
I'm not saying that baseball's way of judging the Hall of Fame is any better. Uh, they certainly have a whole uh, yarn to untangle. But uh, for for the Royals thing, I was just like, all right, enough of that. Enough with, I mean, Kyle Lowry, like the guy. Is, is he a Hall of Famer, though? I don't know. I'm going to say it. Gerald Wallace or Ben Wallace. There we go. Ben Wallace. I always get the two mixed up. Ben Wallace, really great player. I think it matters a little bit that you didn't do anything on offense, but fine, whatever. We'll just put everybody in the Hall of Fame. That's just my my slander for the day, I guess. I don't know if you feel the same about Ben Wallace. It's just, I don't know, man. Like, I got so much crap from my friends on my birthday for thinking Ben Wallace wasn't necessarily the Hall of Famer. It was just unbelievable. But, um, yeah, and then the other thing I want to ask you about, uh, Salvador Perez, is how did you feel about <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How I do you an, feel? I am an NPA junkie. I love the association. I cannot think of a more depressing conversation on my birthday than the validation of Ben Wallace being an NBA Hall of Famer. I, that is the most <laughs> depressing thing I've ever heard. Hey, I mean, it happens sometimes, man. It happens. This is things go me and my friends. We just have debate things. Um, but I ask you, how do you feel about you know, what's his face from the Kansas City Star voting Salvador Perez second in MVP? The bo- Look, for the record, I disagree with it, obviously, but I am in a huge fan of baseball writers and media people just unabashedly showing their bias when it comes to voting for things. Like, I would love nothing more than, like, you know, Kevin AC for the San Diego Tribune every single year. Like this year, he had Manny Machado in second for MVP. He didn't, but like I would love that. You know what I'm saying? I always think it's hilarious. What did you think about that whole uh sort of mini controversy? Yeah, I'll have to get to you. You threw a ton out there, starting with Ben Wallace being a Hall of Famer. I basketball <laughs> gets away with it by by dubbing themselves the basketball hall of fame and being all encompassing for your entire basketball career, high school, college overseas Mm -hmm. nba so they they dump more people in there because they take into account account your entire resume and not just what you did in the actual nba now for salvador perez i think he's a hall of famer i think he's one of the best catchers of this generation i think that had he played in any other era uh (laughs) these nerds out here with their stupid ass defensive stats oh dear at all criticize salvador perez for his pitch framing and he can't quite get the corner you know what pitch framing is to me javi it's cheating. It's fooling the system, right? In a couple of years here, pitch framing won't even matter because we're going to have automatic strike zones. So if pitch framing is the only thing keeping Salvador Perez out of Cooperstown, well, then you, sir, can put pitch framing right onto my right foot and watch my right foot go up where the sun don't shine. How about that? Okay. Salvador Perez, Hall of He is a Hall of Famer. I this, am not one This is your best sag yet. For liars. I'll tell you that right now, okay? That's two things I can't stand. Manipulators, liars. And to me, pitch framing is manipulating. And therefore, I say Salvador Perez, who every little stat nerd says is not a good pitch framer, I'll say by that front, that means Salvador Perez is the most character and leadership and fortitude and just all around is a much better person than every other catcher because he's not trying to cheat the system. How about that? <laughs> We're talking out of your ass. damn nerds and their stupid pitch framing. That's the only thing I've heard about the guy is that he can't, he oh can't my God. frame a pitch. How about the fact he puts pitches into the fountain every other at bat? How about that? How about the fact that he puts pitches, gets them out of his glove, and throws out runners? How about that? Pitch framing. Hey, we come up with these new ways – in baseball, it's been good for 50 years, and now all of a sudden we're about pitch framing. Well, how do Yogi Berra do as a pitch framer? 
<laughs> Do you know? He did all right. He did all right, I assume. I think did he was all okay. right. I don't know. I think he was pretty okay. I have the advanced stats on that. But before we get into the advanced stats on all of that, and one of the most incredible zags that's ever happened on the Lockdown Padres podcast. I don't know about your podcast. I can't speak for that. This might be just be a daily. This might be business as usual for you. But you know what else is business as usual for me, man? Enjoying the best protein bars in all the land. Everybody, this is, of course, the Thanksgiving episode. Don't get me wrong. I love Thanksgiving. All the good foods and treats. You got all of them, plenty of them. I like taking all the food and mashing them together. It's a big plop of greatness. But maybe you uh, maybe you want a yummy dessert, Rylan. You a big fan of the yummy desserts? Some pies, perhaps? Huge you a fan, fan of those? I, I love a pecan pie. Ah, oh, pecan pie. You got to be careful, though. I think we talked about this. If you have too many, it gets a little bit too sweet, but it is great. But also... It's the perfect time for Built Bars. It's the new holiday dessert. Maybe you want to take it a little bit easy because one slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar. So maybe you cool it with the coconut cream pie. You cool it with the raspberry you know, pie or what have you. And then you have the raspberry uh, Built Bar or the coconut Built Bar. And I'm also, let me just be very clear here. Built Bars are delicious. Ryland can attest to this. Attest to it, my friend. Oh, they're great. I I love them. They're incredible. They're awesome. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, man. Uh, Yeah, seriously, though, they taste really good. Um, Coconut Brownie Chuck is a favorite of the Locked On crew. Trust me, you could ask any of them. It's one of the favorite flavors. My mom really likes Cherry Barcia. I like Apple Almond Crisp, one of the most underrated flavors, in my opinion. And they've got all sorts of other flavors like caramel and chocolate brownie. They've, They've got all sorts of stuff, whatever you're in the mood for. And best of all, they're, of course, healthy for you. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein. So what's on earth are you waiting for go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order remember that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com once again everybody i want to remind you thank you thank you so much for making lockdown potteries and lockdown royals your hashtag first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms i also forgot to give you you a app you can follow rylan on Twitter, at Ryland underscore styles. I always do this at the beginning of the po- my podcast, and then I forget whenever I do a crossover. Uh, and then myself, at Hava Peno. Also, if you want to see me laughing maniacally, as Ryland did one of the greatest zigs in the history of the Lockdown Padres podcast, also with my, my, my wonderful hat that I'm wearing this whole week, and my Pokemon t-shirt, you could check that out. Lockdown Padres on YouTube. Um, Ryland doesn't have uh, YouTube for Lockdown Rolls because he's a coward, but uh, still. Be sure to check that out, guys. Rylan, man, like that was that was a lot. Look, I obviously disagree with you. We don't have to get totally into that because I'm tr- I'm trying to make this an upbeat episode. I, I don't know what you I don't know what you can disagree with though. Like, is it because he can't pitch frame? Y- yes, you can. <laughs> what do you mean? So so why isn't Salvador Perez a Hall of Famer? <laughs> I'm trying to save your baseball is career Hall right of Famer? now. You just came out. That I'm gonna. Can I quote do that? Can I do like one of those quote things? Pitch framing. I consider that cheating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, all these sad nerds, they love the cheating. They love the technology. Just one of the best things that's ever been said on this podcast. Do you consider Yadi Molina a Hall of Famer? Unbelievable. Just what an NBA fan would say. Just what an NBA fan would say. Um, but yeah, I mean, now I should probably get into what I'm thankful for, right? Um, and mine is also very, very obvious. Um, and I think I'll get away the obvious one out of the way. There's not much to say about it. 
But I'm thankful for El Nino. I'm thankful for Fernando Tatis Jr. And the reason why is because you come across great baseball players all the time. You come across baseball players that transform franchises and all that. But it's so rare that you have someone who genuinely, people who, friends of mine, don't know literally anything about baseball. They couldn't tell you any player on the Royals. Maybe they might be able to tell you Salvador Perez just he's because he's been there for a little bit. But And the World Series run and everything like that. And he's not a Hall of Famer. Um, they might be able to tell you that. But it's very rare that current just up-and-coming players immediately grab the attention of everybody. That's Fernando Tatis Jr. I mean, the excitement... People have talked about this ad nauseum. I don't really have that many new takes on this, but watching him makes me incredibly happy. I mean, 2020, the game against the Cardinals will forever live in my mind. The two home runs that he hit, the bat flip that ends up on MLB The Show, uh, just just a really just a really great lad. And I know that this season was a little bit weird. Some of the Padres fans got on me because I didn't think he was the MVP in the National League this year. I thought that deserved to go to Bryce Harper, which it did. I did I did think Tatis should have gone over Soto, though. That, that much I did um, disagree with from the writers and whatnot. But um, just in general, I mean, he's the best player on the team. He's one of the best players in baseball. And he reminds you that the sport can really be pretty good as long as it's more conservative, old man uh, kind of view on it is halted a little bit. As long as you don't have people who are, yeah, well, yeah, well, well, man, I I don't like the way he carries himself. It's like, what does that even mean, dude? You know what I'm saying? There's all these bad takes, all these bad characters in baseball. And it's fun that one of the best players in the game and also for a franchise, keep in mind, this is a big part of it too, for a franchise that has not had any, this isn't the Yankees, this isn't the Red Sox, this isn't one of the big you know, market teams or what have you. It's someone who's really transforming the game and is, in a lot of ways, the future of the game. That's Tatis, and I am forever Tatis is awesome. I think he's a superstar. I hope that that Bobby Wood Jr. becomes a superstar as well. I think that the more people... I think that the more people that kind of bring personality to the game, the the better. I mean, the leagues that have personality are taken off, and the leagues that don't uh, are getting ridiculed or falling off. I mean, even the NFL, the almighty NFL is getting ridiculed every single Monday about some stupid taunting penalty. Yeah. That's just not the way that people enjoy sports anymore. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, your boy. Unbelievable. You can't point. How is the NFL of the league right now? That's legislating against fun. What is going on? This is, this is a, a pretty, the next thing you're going to know, the NBA is going to start fighting. Imagine if the NBA fined for taunting. What would there be a penalty every five minutes? Every five five minutes. Sometimes. It, it, the NBA is great. You saw Russell Wilson, or not Russell, Russell Westbrook with the little fighting Irish stance <laughs> the other day. That was incredible. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, that's that's what they are thankful. What about you? What what else you got? Because he sets out. We've basically both just said the best players on our respectful teams. So go out ahead, keep going. I'm thankful that Salvador Perez is a Hall of Famer, and that you you can't deny him Hall of Fame status. I think that you know he is just incredible. I'm thankful for the voter, whoever it was, that put him second. Uh, I actually. I like that in a different way by the, to circle back to that conversation. Uh, I, I think that it's funny when people are kind of like homers, but I think that it was, I think that most of the time it's justified in the sense of without that second place vote, where would have Salvi finished? He finished seventh. I think that he shouldn't have won the award. I think he shouldn't finish top three. I think he should have finished higher than seventh. So you take away the second place vote and then where does he fall? Uh, so I think that it was justified to kind of level out the, the voting. Which, and justified the means. Yeah. Which still did not, go the way it should have. I think that Salvador Perez was much better this year than the seventh best player in the AL. Uh, of course, did not deserve to win the award, but still was really good. 
uh, and better than seventh. So the the vote there helps out the end the end result. But I'm also thankful for Bobby Witt Jr., the best prospect in baseball, who um, had a better season I think than anyone ever imagined. I think that you you ask any of these minor league experts and prospect gurus, nobody could have seen coming the season offensively that Bobby Witt Jr. put together. And so although it's only one year and so it's a year in the minor leagues, it's still very encouraging for uh, this guy who's been tabbed as this future star. Uh, And and hopefully it does come to fruition and and the Royals can build a roster around him that has sustained success. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Bobby Wood Jr., one of the great great names of a prospect, I'd say we've had in a little bit, but Walter Franco is pretty good because the, 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 the pun potential is there. I still haven't seen the best one for it, but Wander Franco is very good. But also, like a Jared Kalenic, like don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to bash these people, but like top level prospects, when you got a name Bobby Witt Jr., that sounds like the sequel to Bull Durham. You know what I'm saying? That sounds like the son of Crash Davis or some cousin or whatever, the next great one. You know what I'm saying? It sounds like a baseball movie name. And I hope he's a beast. Maybe he's going to be like a top level shortstop immediately. I don't know. But bottom line is, I really am kind of rooting for the Royals because they're actually a fun team. I actually think that they're they're not as helpless as some other franchises when it comes to their depth right now. They're not the Rockies level. Sure, they haven't been run necessarily all that well, but um, still, Bobby Wood Jr., that is a good pick, sir. I agree with that. And now for me, I'm also going to say something that's a little bit Royals related. I am thankful for 2022 first baseman on the Kansas City Royals, Eric Hosmer, because I'm just so thankful for him to go over there. He's coming home, ladies and gentlemen. You've heard the song before. He said, I'm coming home. He's so excited to be back with the Royals and just being a leader. You know what I mean? We, we never we don't talk enough about the intangibles when it comes to stuff. Like Eric Hosmer brings it when it comes to he leadership. He only brings it. He brings it. Look, he hits the ball harder than almost any first baseman. I'm not even making this up. He does. He hits it very, very hard. Into the ground. He's, he's, but he hits it hard. And that's about mine. That's all I care about. Who cares about all the other stuff? I don't care. He hits it about about as hard as any other first baseman. Freddie Freeman, who? I've never heard of Freddie. Please, please. Freddie Freeman's swing looks like there's a, a glitch in the matrix, by the way. Let me just say that. His swing is very weird. It's always kind of been unnerving to me how, his, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a short swing where it looks like he went through the full. I don't know how to explain it, but the uh, Freddie Freeman swing, it just bothers me. I don't know what it is. It just makes me so frustrated. I'm like, I don't know how this is possible. Um, yeah, I'm very grateful for you guys taking Eric Cosmer onto your team, bringing him back. Yeah, that's not going to happen whatsoever. Uh, if that <laughs> happened, the Royals would fold as a franchise. Uh, Hosmer. Great to have the the Mad Dash home. Never going to forget it. He'll be a World's Hall of Famer. He'll might have his jersey retired, might have a statue, whatever. Don't really care about all that right now. Bottom line is, not a good baseball player anymore. So uh, keep him over there. I'm betting that the Royals will not trade for Eric Cosmer. And I can do that with our good friends over at. I, I, I think you're wrong. Um, I think that um, they need to have some. You just more. totally blew the segue there, bud. <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. It glitched out for me. This is the problem with streaming times. I couldn't even hear what you said. Let's rewind for a second. What did you say? I am betting that Eric Cosmo <laughs> will not end up with the Royals this offseason. And I can bet over with our good friends at Don. 
G. It is a great, great site. Let me tell you, it's great. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting, and they have you covered all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. It is your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops. You can talk about the Thunder maybe. You know, maybe Shade Gillis Alexander's MVP odds. They're probably not very high right now, but whatever. They've got boxing stuff, UFC stuff, even your favorite Vegas casino games, and, of course, baseball, obviously, guys. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. You like that? There you go. Um, Yeah, but look, sometimes I'm really bad with the transition. Yeah, you like that? That was one of the great things that ever happened, by the way. I don't think enough people give credit to Kirk Cousins saying you like that. I mean, it was, look, Kirk Cousins is a very, a very fine quarterback. He's actually played pretty decent this year, but um, a little bit better than your boy, I, I will say. I mean, your boy is out of here. I don't know, Stop, man. Bobby. I'm trying to right. save. You I don't know, man. I'm trying to save from Chiefs Twitter bashing you for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, please. I ain't scared of no Chiefs Twitter. What the? <laughs> please. 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 No Chiefs Twitter. There's no such thing. But um, this would be a yeah, meme man, of like me and you battling Chiefs Twitter and then baseball analytic Twitter. <laughs> look, I've battled. Look, you think that I'm bad? See, see, you. I'm not like. Have you seen Loki, the CV series? Okay, you know, like at the end, uh, spoiler alert for the next 15 seconds for Loki. You know when the guy's like, you know, my other variants are like so much worse than me? That's like kind of me with baseball, like the analytics Twitter. Like, if you think I'm bad, wait till you meet my variants. People who are like interceptions aren't a stat, right? Those type of people, right? Literally giving the ball to the other team does not matter. You know what I mean? It's that's, you know, what? I'm going to transition to my next thing. I'm thankful for people who are able to use stats in a way that aren't obnoxious when it comes to every sport, but especially baseball. And what I mean by that is this. I'm okay if you're starting like the whole WRC plus thing. It's a very good stat for just judging someone's hitting, right? But I'm just very thankful for people who, and I bring this up a lot, like Lindsay Adler's tweet where it's like, just because a stat doesn't tell you the full story or it might not be as good or valuable as others does not mean it's useless. RBIs, at least tell you something, doesn't tell you everything. Most often it does not. But it's also a very useful stat for just a game day recap. You know what I mean? People who are traveling home on the train, it's nice to see, oh, this person was the one who had the four big hits today. They drove in four runs. That was the big player of the day and whatnot. It's a nice recap stat. That's how I view it. I'm very grateful for people that aren't the types that are like, I actually think that, um, let's see, I think Fernando Tatis Jr.'s defense is so bad. That is, it's like it's it's actually not first of all so that's not even a correct even if you go on the stat based things it's not even that bad but I'm just grateful that we don't have too many of those people people who look Rylan I'll tell you some stuff offline that I've heard from some kids via the old just baseball website which you guys can check out um, from fans of ours that have had some some wicked awful takes um, but I'm just grateful for people who know how to use stats in a way that are fun and at the minimum. Just not overly obnoxious. You're not bragging about your Yale degree and how you know how to do transmutations. Guess what? Uh, I like to try and make sports fun. 
and not another algebra class. So I'm very thankful for people who are able to do that too. Even if sometimes though, they could be on the extreme example of people like you who say Salvador Perez is a Hall of Famer and then say that Pitch Framing is actually cheating. Just absolutely insane takes that come out of nowhere, but go on. Look, Moneyball has turned everybody into Billy Bean and it's pretty ridiculous. It's a glorified. <laughs> that is, I, I agree. Story. I agree. I like baseballsavant.com. I bookmark it. I, I have it up when I watch every single baseball game. I like advanced stats. But when somebody tells me that Salvador Perez is not a Hall of Famer or that him hitting home runs is actually bad for the Royals, I'm out. I'm out. Salvador Perez is one of the best catchers of all time in our generation. He's a Hall oh of Famer. Is oh he a first God. ballot Hall of Famer? No, because all of a sudden we care about that. If you're a Hall of Famer, you just get in. You want to wait for the fifth ballot. But you won't be a first ballot guy. But if... If these guys get put in the Hall of Fame, Salvador Perez will get in the Hall of Fame as well. I mean, I mean, it's ridiculous. What what is the knock on Salvador Perez? Wait, this is the real question. <laughs> well, what's your knock? Is it pitch framing? Is that all? It's 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 the it's the pitch framing. It's the defense. It's also the defense. That I, I need How about a little going bit. Going out runners left and right. Look. look. But, but the pitch framing is, is part of the defense. That's what I'm saying. It's part of the fact that – now, we'll say with the pitch framing, it's not like the Royals – I'm going to defend Sauer Press for a second. Here. In fairness, the Royals don't have the best pitchers in the world necessarily when it comes to frontline starters. So maybe that is a factor that needs to be brought into this. Where it's like maybe if you had better pitchers, maybe some of that stuff might be uh, – the, the, the zone ratings and all the stuff that you guys want to bring up, maybe that improves a little bit under better rotation. That is possible. The other thing with him is – I just needed a little bit more from offensively for the totality of his career uh, for me to put him there. Now, it is true that it's not over yet. If this guy keeps it up, has a couple more, adds to that war count, perhaps, yeah, it's possible uh, that he becomes a Hall of Famer. In fairness, it's not like Salvador Perez is retiring. That that does need to be brought up. Um, but in my opinion, I just I need more. I need a few more years of consistent offensive production i need a little bit more walks a little bit more ability to get on base um and then i might be might be into it i mean there's plenty i mean starling Marte is a top level free agent that guy never walked uh really all that much before this year and has become a much better on base guy and now he's been one of the most valuable players in baseball the past like year and a half so it's not impossible that guys can develop new tendencies maybe he moves to the dh i don't know maybe he does a little bit of both I don't know what happens with him, but either way, I do not see Salvador Perez as a Hall of Famer right now. That's just my opinion, Rylan. That's it. It's just an opinion. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Mike Zanino is a top five pitch framer. Is he a Hall of Famer? No, because he hasn't been doing it long enough. What are, what are, what are we doing here? Stop it. How about a World Series ring and a World Series MVP? Shut up. <laughs> I mean, I'm just asking. Whatever happened I mean, to World mean Series. Something. Don't get me wrong. Look, it's not a nothing conversation. I will say that. It's not a nothing conversation, but I just need a little bit more, man. And stop looking at your computer like that, like you're trying to bring up extra <laughs> extra factoids. Look, at, you're such a schemer over there. I hate you. Um, but, Rylan, keep going with other things that you're thankful for. Uh, and it could also be non-baseball things, too, since we are hitting the waning moments of this here podcast. Yeah, so not a ton to be thankful for outside of Salvador Perez and Bugwit Jr. Uh, for Kansas City, but I'm <laughs> thankful for uh, Patrick Mahomes. I think that oh he's gotten back on track a bit now. I think that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be primed for another Super Bowl run. Uh, your Chargers have fallen apart because they're terrible. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch the, the Chiefs down the stretch run. 
Unbelievable. Just totally out of call for. Look, I can't talk about the Chargers too much on this podcast because the Padres fans will get mad at me. I will say I'm very grateful for my husband. And honestly, I like that he doesn't get all the media attention. It's great. I like that nobody does their homework and pays attention to this fact that this guy's a beast and changed literally my way. This I can't talk about in this podcast. Justin Herbert, my husband, actually did change my outlook on judging prospects and draftees and young guys permanently. And what I mean by that is I will never have, as long as I live, another take, and I'm thankful for this, another take on whether or not an upcoming prospect will be good. I talk about prospects a lot in the sense of assets and the fact that these guys are valuable. Whether or not they're good or whatever is is another thing entirely. But I will never make a prediction and be like, CJ Abrams is going to come up and going to be a top 10 second baseman to me. I'm not going to do that anymore because Justin Herbert, if anybody watched or read any tape, any, any analysis from real, real football people who will break down things by the numbers, by the hash marks, and show you all the throws and all the, not just stats, but literally show you game film and break it down. Stephen Ruiz of USA Today, or formerly of USA Today, was a great example of this. Like, everything said, there's a lot of red flags with this Herbert guy. And then he came into the league and set it on fire. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm done with that. I will judge the positions that are drafted, i.e. If the, if the Padres invested more in a shortstop right now, I'd be like, what are you doing? We kind of have one. That I will do. I will talk about positional stuff and whatnot. But when it comes to unproven talent that's only been at the college, minor league level, I'm never going to do that. I will only view them as prospects in terms of what I've heard. I will not make any sweeping predictions um, anymore. I will only say whether or not how I feel about them as an asset and whether or not they should trade them and or whatever. Right. That I'm going to be having. And I think that I'm very thankful for that because it makes my life a lot more calmer. I don't like having takes on young people that could go either way. You know what I'm saying? Mike Zunino, who you mentioned before, was the first overall draft pick once upon a time. He's eh. I mean, he's had his good moments, really good defensive player, lots of power. But we talk about Salvador Perez not getting on base enough. Mike Zunino, when he's not going, he literally takes away any value that he gives you defensively. What about pitch framing? can be so toxic. Look, 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 look. I'm I'm enough with the pitch framing. (laughs) Sorry that we like to use things that matter just a tiny bit. I love that, though. I'm going to put that in all quotes. Pitch framing is cheating. I'm going to put that in all quotes. Some would say it's Um, worse than sign stealing. You're stealing. You're stealing a call. Yeah. You've Mm -hmm. still got to hit the ball when you steal signs. You steal a pitch. Yeah. You got to do anything but fool the ref, fool the ump. I want to let everyone know that from your audience, uh, I am by no means a Royals homer. You can go check the reviews of the podcast. In fact, uh, I am oftentimes (laughs) called the most cynical, um, pessimistic Royals fan of all time. Uh, But I cannot stand Mm -hmm. for the slander of Salvador Perez being called a not Hall of Famer. If that's the case, then no catcher of our generation should get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, uh, raw, but sure. Uh, Ryan, what's, what, what are the last couple of things that you're thankful for? I'm thankful that we're not going to subject the audience to a draft again and have them uh, listen to you <laughs> take acorn squash over mashed potatoes, but uh, that's really look, what I'm thankful for. The mashed potatoes thing, look, I, I know you gave me crap for this. That I actually will – all right, I cop to that. I think the mashed potatoes, like they, they they're just so important for the glop. When it comes to talking about Thanksgiving food, I love I love putting it all together. It is important for that when they're made well. Maybe a little bit of gravy, not too much gravy though. I don't, I don't love too much gravy, but that I will cop to. I will not cop to 
you giving me crap for taking like the meat and the turkey last. No one likes turkey, dude. Like, tur I get that it's tradition, but there's so many. You know how many times I've I've been with people who are like, yo, we got any like bagels or anything like that? <laughs> like, turkey is. I understand that, but as someone who is a big fan of breaking tradition, and being weird, um, I I just don't understand why we all have this impetus to you have to do this thing i i'll even go as far to say that thanksgiving you have to stop making some pressured thing in your head that you need to hang out with your extended family and your 15th cousin you don't have to do that your family for me it could just be my mom and i that's fine there's nothing wrong with that so i don't like that the tradition has made people think they have to think a certain way and that extends to turkey my friend turkey is it's it's not offensive it's fine. Maybe you're just trying to mix up the palate and whatnot. I'm just saying, if you ask, you get some bernil from the Puerto Rican lads over here. You you make some good stuff over there. You get some some pork. It's just it's just better. It just is better, man. Everybody likes it more. I get that you want to mix up the meal a little bit, but turkey, it's just it's not getting the job done. It's not getting the job done. It is a it is a two war player when it comes to Thanksgiving food. War. You know you know what Soto Press has. He has a ring, right? He has a he has a ring. You say turkey. A he has a ring. Is that what you're about to say? Turkey, turkey does have a ring. He has a ring for the Macy's Day's parade. Uh, I will say I don't like I don't like I don't like turkey. So I'm with you there. Uh, the tradition <laughs> from Thanksgiving that I would like to break on top of the one that you mentioned, the family thing. Listen, if I haven't talked to you in the last three months, I don't need you over at my house eating Thanksgiving food, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But the tradition I want to break is the need to dress up. To sit in your own house and eat dinner. Yes. Yes. Which you do not do 303 days because you do it for Christmas too uh, and Christmas Eve. But why? Why are you getting dressed to the nines to go sit on your couch and watch the sorry ass lions kick around a football and eat turkey? <laughs> I agree 100%. It's never made sense. Again, this is another pressure thing. I mean, me, I don't dress up for Thanksgiving. The, the most I'll ever do is like maybe a light sweater. And that was when I was actually hanging out with like all my family. Otherwise, not going to happen. Not going to be able to do it. You know what I'm saying? I can't, I can't not stand the pressure to for some reason be dressed up like that. And, and the first person who comments, by the way, because I know someone's thinking, all right, grow up, be an adult. Be an adult? Be an adult. Guys, everyone shut up. <laughs> The idea of what constitutes being an adult and what doesn't constitute being an adult is one of the dumber things that we do in society. All right. I've said this about Halloween. It's people who are saying be, be an adult. Why is going in a cubicle and dressing in your suit, your business outfit, more, more adult? Why is that more? What's more adult is being confident in yourself and enjoying what you enjoy. And if that's dressing up as a character, I'm doing it a little bit right now. Shout out. I'm thankful for Monkey D. Luffy of One Piece. I've got the little straw hat on right now. Recently passed a thousand episodes. Very grateful for that. What the hell is like, I've I've always loathed that. I hate dressing up uh, all the time. I mean, you honestly can't even find pictures of me of when I was uh, at all dressed up, if that makes any sense. Um, it has a lot to do with some family tension and whatnot, but I won't go into that now. Um I, I just I just can't stand it. And you're 100% right. It makes no sense. You're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. What are you going to impress your 15th cousin that you never see once a year? Who cares? You know what I mean? I'm going to show up in my, my turkey flip-flops and the little gobble-gobble guy is going to be at my feet. And then I'm going to eat some food, yell about football, and call it a day. 
that's what you do. That's what Thanksgiving is. It is where you want to be in general. That's that's what I have to say about it. Spot on. Nail. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, Rylan, before I let you go, uh, shut up. (laughs) Before I let you go, what uh, kind of things are you thankful that you'll be able to plug since I'm going to allow you to plug them? Yeah, thank you for this generous platform to plug uh, Locked On Royals. Uh, If you're an NBA fan, Locked On Thunder, you're going to check out at Rylan underscore Styles, S-T-I-L-E-S, on Twitter. Yeah, that's a, that's about it. Going to start breaking down some players over at Locked On Royals. Each player on the roster, see where the Royals can get better. For my audience, for your audience, uh, what you got? Come, what do you got? What do you got coming up in the in the old can, as they would say? Uh, I'm going to be reacting to some athletic pieces on the Padres, talking a little bit about C.J. Abrams, who, out of all the Padres prospects, is the one that is probably most likely to debut uh, the soonest. I actually think Robert Hassel's an interesting prospect as well that people might be familiar with, but I think he's the one that might get traded out of all of them most likely. I think he's going to stink. Maybe talking with my old buddy years as well, Mr. Armlate of Locked.MLB Prospects, to break down the Padres' top 10 farm system. That should be coming up within the next week or two. That should be a lot of fun. React to some news. We got a bunch of Giants news yesterday, or yesterday as in this past Monday, about how they re-signed Anthony Scafani and brought back in all these guys that are kind of running it back. That's interesting. What does that mean for the Padres, breaking all that down? And again, uh, I'm very thankful for being able to host this podcast in all honesty, though. It's been a really tough last year and a half for a lot of people. I know Ryland feels the same way when it comes to just the world and how things transpired. And just being a part of this network has been lovely. And this team, while frustrating many times, uh, has had its moments. And I would not want any other team, including, no, I don't want no Atlanta Braves. I don't care if they won the World Series. I want the Padres. It is an exciting team and a team that shows hope for potentially baseball being uh, a little bit less of a sorry, tired sport than it often is. And I'm also thankful for Arcane, the League of, Le- Net- of Legends Netflix series. Speaking of surprises and whatnot and how we shouldn't ever judge, first, we finally got it, Riley. We finally got it. The first really, truly, objectively great video game adaptation. That show is otherworldly good, and I cannot believe it. Go check that out um, after you finish playing Fall Guys with me because I'm still begging you to play that game with me, and it's been... It's been way too long, but um, any final thoughts, sir? Uh, we're going to hop on Fall Guys pretty soon, so that'll be a lot of fun. That's my final thought. That's your final thought. It's a great final thought. Everybody, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Potters Podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Potters themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. We're free and available on all platforms, but I must say also make Locked on bets, your next listen that you put on, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. You can follow Rylan on Twitter. He mentioned that before. And Locked on Rolls, Locked on Thunder, whatever. Me, at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Or Locked on Padres on YouTube if you want to see me laughing, laughing, laughing like a maniac as Ryland did the biggest zag in the history of this podcast. You could check that out. It, a link to that is in the description for all my audio listeners. Otherwise, type in Locked on Padres on YouTube. You'll find it. Believe me. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, take care. Yeah.
Yeah, and all that singing. <laughs>